Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final half hour of the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott in the driver's seat as Bob and the Oilers travel to Tampa, Florida. They'll begin this four-game road trip Saturday afternoon on 6.30, Chet. It's a 2 p.m. puck drop, and from there it only gets more difficult. Tampa, then Florida on Monday, Carolina Wednesday, and a matinee next Friday against the Washington Capitals, who sit in playoff position as well. It is the start of Black Friday at Brentridge Fort on now until November 28th. What does that What does that even mean, Brendan? Well, Oilers Now listeners get discounts up to $12,500 on F-150s. Plus, they still get that quality service that has earned Brentridge the Ford President's Award for customer satisfaction the last nine consecutive years. If you want to be treated fairly during your purchase and receive top shelf service thereafter, give our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny a call at 780-352-6048. And remember that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Okay, uh, excited to learn about that big 6-1 victory to get this Oil Kings road trip started. And we'll do so by chatting with our headliner this evening, Elway Oil Kings head coach Luke Pierce. Headliner brought to you each day by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Luke, appreciate you taking some time for me on the road tonight. How's it going? Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure, Brendan. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not Florida, but uh, <laughs> we're, in, we're in Brandon here tonight. And uh, yeah, off to a good start so far. So Brandon, uh, tomorrow night, the game, and then in Moose Jaw Saturday, is that correct? Yeah, quick turnaround. Uh, so we're a little bit of a break here today, and then, yeah, play tomorrow. Uh, we'll hit the bus right after and roll into Moose Jaw. Uh, Saturday, tilt there, and then head home. So uh, we've got a couple of games against Calgary from last weekend that I know your team wanted to flush. A 6-1 loss, a 10-2 loss, and it looks like they were able to do that, Luke. Just talk to me about uh, maybe what you saw identified went wrong with, with those games and how you were able to curb that out on the road last night. Well, yeah, it certainly wasn't the weekend that we had envisioned that we we'd done a lot of prep and uh, we had a really good plan and uh, I thought at times actually did play quite well and it just seemed like every mistake we made went ended up in our net and we couldn't overcome some of the you know some of the breaks and the turning points in the game and I think that's just a, a maturity thing at times and uh, but I, I still thought we competed hard and you know we we talked about that and talked about the need to kind of manage the flow of games and and try and turn them in our favor and identify key moments where you know you can can really increase your momentum and uh, I thought the guys were outstanding last night and it might be the best you know complete game in all facets from special teams to goaltending to you know, our five on five play I thought was uh, was really strong last time we spoke you were just getting the services back of Ty Nash Nathan Pilling now a couple games with them in the lineup uh, just tell me what you've seen from them and, and really what their return has meant to the bigger group 
Yeah, you both have uh, have added you know some depth, especially up front in a in a time that we really needed. And you know, Ty just his maturity and you know physicality and effort. He started our game off uh, with a shorthanded goal last night that I thought just really energized that group. And we talk about those pivot points in games, and and we felt like that was surely one. And you know, Nathan Pilling, I think his his speed and size and strength, and he got into a a good scrap at home against Calgary. I think just, you know, again, showing our group that we might be losing, but we're going to keep going and battling. And um, they've certainly, you know, been a welcome addition back. And, you know, unfortunately last night we lose a couple of other guys. And it just seems like uh, it's been the way it's been going for us here the last few weeks. Who left early? And do you have sort of an update for us? Yeah, we lost uh, we lost Ethan McKenzie uh, to a broken arm and um, just, a, just a freak play. And, you know, luckily so far it looks like he he won't require uh, any surgery or anything, so it'll be six to eight weeks probably. And then uh, we lost Adam Jekyll as well early, more precautionary. We're kind of get him reevaluated here, but we won't have him for the weekend, which is unfortunate. He's been a you know probably our most consistent offensive guy all year. Yeah, he's been a real spark since since joining the team. Now I look Luke at the second period of last night in particular, nineteen shots on goal and four goals. What did you think you, your team honed in on? There? in that middle frame that allowed you to really put some distance between yourselves and, and the Pats? Yeah, we scored a real big goal. Uh, Skylar Bruce right after, I think, our fourth penalty kill. And uh, you could tell, I think, uh, really deflated their group. Um, we were already up 2 nothing, And then after, you know, stymieing them on the kill a couple times and then scoring right after, it just, like we said, it, I think it was one of those momentum builders that, you know, our group took a lot from and, and it really killed their life. And then, you know, back-to-back shifts after that, you know, found ways to to find the back of the net and then, you know, capped it off with a really big power play goal, you know, just kind of send the message home. So, um, you know, proud of the group and the way that they were able to, you know, kind of swing that momentum story around because we've been on the other end of it a lot, it seems like. Uh, chatting with the Oil Kings head coach, Luke Pierce, right now. The team's 6, 12, 0, and 1. Have you guys seriously played that many games already? <laughs> the season is just buzzing by, it seems. Yeah, I know it has been, especially this month. It seems it's, uh, you know, we've been at home a lot, but it seems like we have been playing, you know, every other night. So um, it's going to continue to be a busy schedule. And, you know, we've got some games to make up still actually amongst the league. So we're, uh, we've talked a lot about trying to, we got to get back to stealing points on the road. Unfortunately, our, our home record hasn't been what we had hoped and we got to find a way to make that up. Well, you got a couple of games with opportunity to do that. Now, Brandon, obviously a pretty strong team. Moose Jaw, maybe the class of the East as well. Let's just talk about what you've got lying ahead for uh, a young group in the next couple of nights. Yeah, no big test here in in Brandon. I think uh, you know, real high end talent, top end with Leo Nate Danielson, and and uh, they're play with a lot of pace and they've got uh, good goaltending but you know they've been up and down a little bit lately so hoping to maybe catch them on you know fighting through some of the same things as a young team and like you said I mean Moose Jaw is, is certainly you know up there with the class of the league but you know we beat them at home and played a real good hockey game and um, I think we can you know look to build off that even though it's going to be at the end of the trip and we're going to simplify some things and um, but there's confidence of our group going in there. Let me ask you quickly about the special teams units. I know the power play sitting in the basement right now, just under 12% and and the penalty kill uh, at 67. What are some things that you guys are trying to key? Is that that sort of a systemic thing you think, or are you trying to apply more work ethic, more roles? How do you address that kind of thing when you're coaching uh, at this level? Yeah, 
I think there's a few things that go into it. I mean, I think early on we certainly struggled and a lot of it had to do with inconsistency in lineup and you know, just trying to create units and, and get some more familiarity. And then we probably went through a bit of a phase where it was more mental than anything that we just, we had a block and it seemed like anytime we got on the kill, it was, you almost just assumed it was going to end up in your net because you guys are trying to do everything they can to stop it, but it, it just gets away from the structure. And, uh, I feel like that's been a lot better here the last couple of games. It was, it was really strong last night and, you know, it's just getting back to the drawing board on the details of it and, and yeah, the work ethic part from that side. But, you know, our power play actually, um, we feel we've scored, I think, in, in five straight or six straight games on it. And it's uh, it went through a pretty extended funk there that really killed the numbers. But for us, it's like we're trying to focus how has it been the last two, three games and how do we keep kind of building it up and not focusing on, on kind of where the numbers are over the course of the year. Luke, this is uh, always good to check in with you. I wish you the best of luck over the the next couple of games, okay? Yeah, thanks, Brent. Appreciate you having me. All right, we'll chat again soon. That's Luke Pierce, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings on Oilers Now tonight. Again, a 7 o'clock puck drop tomorrow against the Brandon Wheat Kings and then a good test from the Moose Jaw Warriors, who do boast the league's leading scorer, Jaeger Furcus, the Furcus Circus, a Seattle Kraken draft pick. Might even have been from their inaugural draft, if memory serves. If not, it would have been the year after. Anyway, he is uh, five points clear of the top scorers in the uh, in the Western Hockey League with 40 points. So there you go. Also, we'll put on your radar, they've got the teddy bear toss game, which is always so much fun. I saw the video they put out of the giant Costco-sized teddy bear that they could barely get into the elevator at Rogers Place. It was Carter Kowalik and one of the other guys that they had there. And now I see on their social media that the box of jerseys has come in. So all the hype and hullabaloo around one of our favorite events, certainly, and because, of course, all the bears going to benefit 630 Ched. Santa's Anonymous. Uh, that's a huge night for them. It's a huge night for us and for all of the little ones heading into the Christmas season as well. We'll press pause one last time. On the other side, we'll chat with Reed Wilkins. Hey, you know what? I better tell the people, Kellen, about our good friends at Royal Pizza because they've got a deal going on right now as well. You know it's pizza, pasta, and so much more, but you get a $10 bonus now for every $50 gift card purchased until December 31st. Check it out at royalpizza.ca. Time out. Back in a moment. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob will indeed be back hosting the show tomorrow from a hotel room in Tampa. Probably one with a nice view, I would figure. Maybe they stay in St. Pete. I don't really know how that works when they go down there. I'd love to one day if my career path would ever allow for that. That'd be great. In the meantime, though, we'll hold it down here. It's a big road trip. It's a four-gamer, Reed Wilkins, and uh, it's one that I think... They've set themselves up for success for not only on the fact that they won the game last night, but obviously a bit of a head of steam in the last few games before they head out on the road. And I'll tell you the other thing, John uh, Shannon highlighted this, maybe not a bad time for them to head out on the road, put the blinders on, immerse themselves with their teammates and their new head coach. Not a bad time for that. What do you think? Okay, first of all, since you brought it up, and you know I got to look stuff like this up to double check, Amelie Arena is in Tampa. Okay. Of course, there is no town called Tampa Bay. 
there's Tampa and there's St. Pete, and they name the town after they name they name all the teams after the body of water to not show favoritism to one of the cities. That's very interesting. Though the, one of the cities is Tampa, so. right? Just it's not the the Miami Panthers. Well, but and it, now I have been to that arena for McDavid's draft. I've not been there for a game. But it's in Sunrise, which is kind of, I believe it's northwest of downtown Miami. And then we stayed in Fort Lauderdale for that draft, which is north of Miami. So, yeah. So what you're saying is I've got to to host a draft. No, because the Oilers aren't going to be picking near the top of the draft. Well, now it's going to be the virtual drafts anyway. They're not having drafts in locations probably anymore, right? That's a good point, yeah. Uh, for many reasons, cost-effectiveness, yeah. I think, would be the first so, and foremost. So for reason. drafts, I went to Philadelphia, Florida, uh, Buffalo, Chicago, Dallas, and Vancouver. I don't know if I got the order right. That's not bad at all. There's some nice stops on the tour, some less than desirable stops yeah. on the tour. I'm sure you could have taken or leaving Buffalo. Yeah, it was, I'd, I'd been to Philadelphia before, and obviously <laughs> I'd been to Vancouver before, but all the other cities I think were first times visiting. That was all right. Interesting. I went to the JFK book depository. I'm sure Bob... Or the one he was allegedly shot from, I guess. Has many I saw the grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> well, ever uh, since I was a kid, it's like the grassy knoll. The grassy knoll. I'm finally like, okay, well, there's the grassy knoll. It's a little knoll of grass. Was there one shooter or two? Oh, that's far beyond me to determine. Callan's saying two. Bob Stoffer is... Oh, it, Bob's calling in. He's got something to... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> His tinfoil hat is buzzing. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, uh, okay. we'll get this what back was I on saying? the rails. Yes, Just, they're on the road. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, just win anywhere. I guess they'll be able to practice a little bit, which is good. Yeah, I imagine they'll have to, well, they'll practice tomorrow. I imagine they'll take uh, maybe I don't know if they would take Tuesday off because they'll probably take next Saturday off when they're back in town. But they'll have they'll have a chance to practice under Knobloch and and tweak some things. I mean, look, obviously down three one last night and the way the second period left, I I and I'm guessing many others were thinking, well, yeah, it's the same players, uh, you know, who who had their struggles for a large chunk of this season. But it, it was good to see them fight back. I, I think we're you know, I, I often say don't critique victory, even though in oil country we do it all the time, me included. Uh, you know, if you if you play poorly and, and win, there's still the concern, well, if they play that way again, they'll lose. Uh, I, I'm going to tie this on my show tonight, the, the point target, what they have to do between now and the end of season mm-hmm. to get to, really, I'm going to use 95 as the goal, so that'll give a little bit of, uh, a little bit of context along the way, but it's I mean, to me, now one of the stories of the season has become Kane and Hyman. Absolutely. Who are... Point a game each? Two, I mean, I know Dreisaitl has more points, and he had a four-point game, and I think he had three or four points in Nashville as well. But in terms of kind of consistency and big goals, I think it's become Kane and Hyman. And I know maybe Kane didn't start the season that great, but now he's he's been playing pretty well for an extended stretch. I still think Fogel's playing well, by the way, but you know he doesn't finish as, as many chances, but he's playing his game. So, so to me, uh, if you look at the attacking side of it, um, you, I still have to think McDavid's big game is coming. And I know there's all the well, he's still hurt. Is he impeded? Uh, does he need to miss games? I don't know. He's out there, and he's he, he looks better he, now than he did three games yeah, ago. Yeah, I would, I would, too. I would say that. And then 
Now, but it, th- unfortunately, this part of the storyline for this team is one that we, I think, we're hoping we'd sort of move past talking about regularly, and that's where are the goals from forwards, you know, seven through twelve. Yeah. Um, now again, Fogel has has chipped in. Gagne had his big game, but I think we're seeing, you know, he he is where he is at in his career. I don't doubt his effort or his uh, hockey IQ. But the chances aren't always there. I mean, I think McLeod is below expectations for this season. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pick on Hamlin and, and Lavoie. I mean, they're up from the minors and yeah. doing what they can, and they're filling in for... I mean, when Brown comes back, and he should be back on Saturday, the expectations have... Like, he's got to produce. Like, somebody somebody said to me the other day, it's like, well, why, you know, why were this... Why was there all, the, all this hype around Connor Brown? Like it's he's coming back from injury, and you can't think he's going to be the piece that puts him over top for the Stanley Cup. And I said, well, I disagree. I, I, I said, yes, he should get some leeway coming back from an injury, but he signed a contract. He's in the NHL. He's been cleared to play. You have the the expectation should be not that he gets fifty, but that he's been the player that he's been for most of his career, mm-hmm. and that he's an upgrade on Yamamoto, which is really sort of the comparison there. Sorry, I've talked for way too long, haven't I? You get a bigger body, literally. You've get a more well-rounded player in theory but as I said earlier in the show the next game that he plays in fact does enact that three million dollar cap hit so he was going to be a three million dollar player this year regardless you need him on the ice that's very evident quickly into this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel Montreal road trip is now sold out so keep your ears open for the next trip we're announcing very very soon we'll go back to 2001 on this day a, a year and a day after Anson Carter was acquired <laughs> he had a multi-goal game so did Josh Green they do away with the Chicago Blackhawks 7-1 on home ice at Skyreach Center this year they're heading out on the road for upcoming Bob will tee it all up tomorrow of course Reed's going to take the airwaves over right after this next newscast much more to set up that road trip it's always a pleasure to spend some time with you thank you for texting in should have uh, Frank Saravalli on the show tomorrow from Daily Faceoff for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Same too with Louis DeBrusque, color analyst for our friends at GCL Diesel. Thomas has the news. Reed has inside sports. I'm heading home. Good night. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.